Autobots transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John again. And today it is episode 34 of Transformers Armada. It is regeneration. This episode was written by Izao Shizuya, and the last time on Transformers Armada, Smokescreen died. He died, and he's not coming back, and there's nothing you can do about it. And in this episode, nah, he's on the road to recovery. Opening bumper. When we come back, the Autobots explain that the glowing thing, because one of the kids asks, hey, what's a glowing thing? He's like, oh, that's smokescreen spark, which is more or less the same thing as a human's heart. Which is a decent, you know, for, for as much detail as this series gets into the lore, that's a decent explanation. I will say that the the visually the spark is kind of boring. It's yeah. just a glowing white orb with shiny... It's not much. <laughs> well, Fred wonders, oh, is that what my heart looks like? And Fonz is like, don't be an idiot, man. Yours would be smaller. Yeah. Now, wait, these kids are like 12, right? We figure, which means they're in grade seven. And Fred doesn't know what a heart looks like. <laughs> but apparently it's uh, so far so good with smokescreen. Red Alert tells us his spark's just fine, but his head's been bashed apart and he's got hardly any legs left on him. They look like string beans. And he's not sure if he can fix them up the way he was before. Don't worry. He's tough as hell. He fucking eats meat. And eats, what is it? He eats raw meat and shit's vegetable. <laughs> that's a that's a poorly done reference to an old joke, Paul and I like, dear listener. But yeah, Red Alert basically says he's going, like the spark's there. He'll still be smokescreen. That part is fine. Even though he's really Ironhide, but he's going to look completely different and probably, again, not like Ironhide or Smokescreen. Anyway, <laughs> um, Hotshot is pissed off about all of this and he convinces Sideswipe to go get revenge with him. Yep, they're going to go give Megatron a little fucking surprise. So they head out. And, and remember, dear listener, they head out. They have left. <laughs> And now with Megatron, he's all set to go conquer the rest of the universe now that he has the Requiem Blaster. And it's all thanks to Thrust, and Thrust is so great. And by the way, I'm going to give you a promotion. And Demolisher and Cyclonus are like, hold on, man, we did all the work. Which they kind of didn't in the last episode, but Thrust hasn't done any work. Uh, one thing I do like here, though, is that I'd like to think this is intentional, is um, that they're keeping, the, like, he promotes Megatron, that is, promotes Thrust to Warrior class, which is an actual class in the toy line. Like, there's Scout and Warrior and all those different ones. I think so. Um, there's probably a dear listener who's like, actually, the class is Fighter. <laughs> it's Sorcerer in 5th edition, Glavin. <laughs> anyway, uh, through all this talk, uh, Starscream walks in, beat to hell, and wielding the Star Saber, which is glowing again. Yes, and they're all like, oh shit, he's still alive. I mean, welcome home, <laughs> yeah. Starscream, where we ever glad to see you. And <laughs> Starscream doesn't say anything. He just walks up to Thrust, looks him straight in the eye for like three or four That's seconds. So cool. Punches him in the face so fucking hard, it leaves in the face. It pushes him into the wall, leaves a dent in the wall, and then grabs him by the throat. And grabs him by the throat like seconds after he hits, which means like he he punched him and was already moving. But he accuses Thrust of basically screwing him over. Thrust has a weak excuse of, oh, plans changed and I couldn't tell you. And ba-da, ba-da, ba-da. Um, <laughs> I do like there's a little bit here where Cyclonus is like, oh, or no, I think Wheeljack says, he's going to kill Thrust. And Cyclonus... It cuts to their faces close up, and Cyclonus is like, eh, he's getting what he's asked for. Yep. 
couldn't care less. And Thrust goes down, and Megatron tells Starstream, all right, that's enough, and then orders him off to the repair chamber, I guess. And then he pulls, like, an Optimus Prime. Everybody go to bed. (laughs) And no bed snacks. Uh, And then we go to the, I'm making quote signs here, dear listener, repair chamber, because it's really just, like, a a microwave mesh with rainbow stuff behind it. Like, and Starscream is just getting a rainbow bath. (laughs) Pretty much. It starts healing all the dings and dents, and the Star Saber mini concerts. Visually, I like that. That was very cool. Oh, yeah. Just where you see all the damage just disappearing. Yeah. And like, he's he's basically like Wolverine healing. Yeah. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. And the Star Saber minicons are just kind of standing there outside this thing watching him. He's like, well, you guys. Yeah, whatever they say to him, whether he understands them. He's like, that was actually a very racist slur in in, uh, minicon ease. (laughs) We just got kicked off iTunes podcast. But yeah, uh, he tells them, look, you guys are pretty banged up too. Get in here and get uh, repaired. Yeah. And you know what? Things actually feel on on a story writing level. We're in a little bit of an upswing here. Like uh, Starscream sounds like he's in a good mood. He's he's kind of, hey, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling fine. He's hanging out with his minicons. He's got the Star Saber. And then everything goes sideways because Demolisher comes in and says, hey, Megatron told me to get the uh, minicons. Give them here. Yep. And Starscream's like, nope, don't think so, bud. But apparently it is Megatron's orders. So Starscream's like, fine. I'll take them to him myself. There's a bit here. You know what? I really like a lot of this episode. I, you know, I like Starscream and this, this, uh, this episode is doing him. Uh, it's doing him good. Oh, but yeah. uh, he, uh, Demolisher says, hey, no, no, no. Megatron told me to bring the minicons. And Starscream literally just gets in his face, doesn't say anything. And Demolisher's like, you know what? Maybe uh, maybe you yep. take it, buddy. Would you I'm look at the time? Get it, go. Bye. Don't worry. And now we go to Megatron and Thrust, and they're talking about Starscream. And, oh, it's really Starscream's own fault what happened to him. And ha, 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 because it absolutely was not Starscream's fault. And, well, he did bring the sword back after all. And he's probably more used to us alive than dead. And uh, I guess we know who we're sending in first next time. Okay, I like that they're basically talking like abusers. I mean, I don't like that, but it fits this well of like, oh, he was asking for it. It was his fault. He had it coming. That kind of shit. But they are being so obvious. Like, they're saying all the worst things they could say, all the most incriminating (laughs) things they could say. All they're missing is like to give out their social insurance number and then their date of birth when Starscream... Okay, and I'll say credit to Starscream. He is, he's obviously, he overhears all of this, and he's about to turn the other cheek and walk away from this yet again when they call out and they're like, oh, hey, buddy, as if nothing's wrong, and he loses it. Yep, that's fucking it. He forms the Star Saber and charges across the room and cuts Megatron's throne in half. Yeah, it looked like Megatron, like, transformed off camera, that is, into uh, tank mode to avoid the hit. Uh... The thrust screamed basically, run away! It's a rebellion! um, He's gone bananas! (laughs) And then uh, I think it's Wheeljack and Cyclonus, I think, run into the room, and Starscream just turns around and blasts them with his shoulder cannons and basically neutralizes all of the Decepticons in like 3.7 seconds. Yeah, it's kind of like that bit in uh, Code of Heroes. Hope it doesn't end that way, but uh, Demolisher gets there just as Starscream runs for it, and he gets to the warp room, whatever this is, and he swears he'll get Megatron, even if he has to join the Autobots to do it. 
Yeah, he types away at a computer or something. I don't exactly know what he... I think it's the data he refers to later on, but it's that's oh, just okay. my guess. And and it's a lot of assumption. It's not even... It, it's very much a guess. Um, but yeah, Megatron gets the Requiem Blaster, and the two is a really great shot of them kind of walking along a hallway with a divider between them. Yeah. And the shots as they're talking go back and forth between the walking legs so you see who's talking at the other. It's... It is a really well done piece. Mm-hmm. And Megatron's like, I knew this was going to happen someday, Starscream. I never fully trusted you. And Starscream, even like, though, even though he just had a conversation with Thrust about how they can totally milk <laughs> Starscream again because he's a schmuck and he's never going to retaliate. But yeah, Starscream doesn't care what he thinks. And Megatron's like, oh, you don't care? Well, and then he blasts him. But Starscream holds up the Star Saber to block the shot from the Requiem Blaster, but still pushes him back. And then it's just blows a hole in the outside wall of the ship. Yeah. Uh, so Megatron, of course, cranks it up to 11, and Thrust is like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> if you fire that, you'll kill us all. And before Megatron can do anything, Starscream fires him at him with his uh, shoulder cannons, and then transforms and flies away with the Star Saber. Mm-hmm. And back at the Autobot base, sideswipe and hotshot are sparring, so I guess they're back or they never left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, they left right away. Oh, no, because then an alarm goes off and they leave again? Yeah, they're going to head out to deal with whatever this is all on their own. They don't even know what it is yet, but they're going to deal with it. And the other Autobots see them leave and Optimus uh, tells the other Autobots, oh, hey, look at the monitor, see what they're after. And it's Starscream being chased by Tidal Wave and commercial break. When we come back, I actually have to go back to a thing with Hotshot and Sideways or um, uh, Sideswipe. (laughs) Who set off the alarm? Because it wasn't a Minicon. It sounded like the Minicon alarm, but it wasn't a Minicon, obviously. It was apparently the alarm saying that Decepticons are approaching because that's what's happening. And Hotshot and Sideswipe were surprised by it. They run out. And then the other Autobots are like, hey, these two are leaving. What's going on? So they didn't set off the alarm. Who turned the alarm on? (laughs) The automatic manual defenses were disabled by Sideways in the last episode. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Yes. (laughs) Try and outsmart me as I was You can't outsmart me. I are smart. S-M-R-T. The tidal wave shoots down Starscream just outside what looked like Prime's Autobot base and yeah. uh, he skids across the desert but he's okay but now Hotshot and Sideswipe attack him <laughs> and he's like guys beat it before you get <laughs> caught up in this too. Yeah, I'm dealing with some heavy shit please fuck off. Yes. Uh, but they don't listen. They flank him just as Shockwave starts coming down and he opens fire again and Starscream books it. Yep, he runs for it and Tidal Wave transforms and lands in front of Hotshot who links with Jolt to use his Perceptor Bazooka I called it but it doesn't do a damn thing and meanwhile Sideswipe tackles Starscream behind some rocks, but then when the smoke clears, he comes out in car mode and drives off, and then Starscream comes out and keeps running. So what was that? Yeah, I did. It, a lot of the action here was clumsy. It led to, like, re, like that shot when Starscream jumps out, it's great posing and a cool action shot, but the whole action scene didn't make sense. Mm. And it kind of felt like Looney Tunes when they get caught in a, a ball of smoke and it kind or dust and it moves across and then <laughs> yeah. it fades and they're, you know, wearing casts and bandages. One of the, like, gets halfway out and then the arm comes up and pulls him back into the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's all that was missing. Um, anyway, uh, just when this is all happening... Uh, Optimus Prime and uh, Jetfire show up, and Optimus says, let's turn into Jet the Super Optomasa thing, or whatever we're calling this guy. Yeah, Optimus blasts Tidal Wave, but again, doesn't seem to do anything, and no. Optimus sees Tidal Wave closing in, and he's like, I gotta help Optimus, so he throws the Star Saber to Optimus, and 
Hotshot, I think, thinks he's throwing it at Optimus, like to try and, you know, hit him, but the thing just stops in midair and waits for Optimus to grab it. Yeah, it would have been so much cooler if, like, Optimus had have, like, spun around in the last minute and just snagged it out of the air, and then it would have made sense that Hotshot thought it was, you know, Starscream is throwing it at Optimus, not to, uh, for him, but, yeah. like, cool, it's a cool shot when, this, when the Star Saber moves into frame and Optimus grabs it, but the scene doesn't make sense in a whole. Anyway, Optimus cuts off one of Shockwave's nipples, and he warps away. <laughs> I had to as one of his guns, although I did have one of his uh, boob nipple guns. Remember that in the Family Guy Star Wars thing? Yeah. But even though he has three more of these things and a point-blank shot, yeah, he teleports back to the moon. Well, I mean, that's the Decepticon MO. The, the battle has changed negative 2% uh, for us, like 2% in the enemy's favor. Run away. <laughs> um, and then the Autobots, we go back, or Optimus thanks Starscream, but the, we go back to Optimus HQ, and they're having a very vigorous debate in front of Starscream about whether... They should let him join the team or they should kill him. It's a little extreme. Pretty much, yeah. And most of them seem inclined to believe Starscream, except for Hotshot. He's not falling for this old trick. And Sideswipe's like, well, either way, he's here. So what do we do with him now? Yeah, the, the debate goes on. And it, it really, Hotshot's the only one getting negative about it. Like, even the Minicons are pro Starscream until Starscream says, Fine, if you don't want to be my friend, I'll go kill Megatron myself. Come on, Minicons! And the Minicons start to go with him. And then Alexis, as if anybody cares what she thinks in this situation, <laughs> says, I think you're a great guy. And then Rad says, Well, I think Rad says, yeah, I trust him too, because one of these the Starscream's Minicons, one of the uh, Star Saber ones, he turns around, he starts waving his arms like for them to do something. And uh, I think Rad's like, because Runway trusts him, then I trust him too. And now he even No, chose... Paul. Rad is like, <laughs> That's what Rad says. But now the Minicons, like the, the Star Saber ones, are actually holding Starscream's legs, trying to keep him from leaving. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it again, it just, it doesn't, the scene is dumb, but it's these great little shots that actually work. Anyway, Optimus says, you know what, let's all be a family. Um, and you can stay. And then Starscream says, oh, great, I have data to share with you. And that's what I think he was looking at with the computers. Anyway, okay. we then go to Red Alert, who's working on Smokescreen. Just a shot. Yeah. And then we cut to Hot Shot in the desert, and Starscream arrives and says, hey, you want to scrap? <laughs> he could be with me, but uh, he's like, yeah, look, man, I hate Megatron, but I can absolutely see it from your point of view. So if you want to have a go at me, let's have it out. And they do. Um, th oh, but Jolt and I think it's Runway or Runaway. Anyway, they run away after seeing this. Uh, hey, see what I did there? Anyway, <laughs> they they um, they go back to Optimus HQ and they're like, beep, bop, boop, boop, boop. And the Autobots go, oh, we have to go save Hotshot. And then Red Alert comes in and says, I've saved Smokescreen. Yeah, apparently he's back on his feet, but uh, Red Alert couldn't rebuild his original body. And I guess the everybody else sees what he did build, though, because they're all like, <gasps> Yeah, it's all off camera. And uh, back outside, it's Marcus of Queensberry rules, I guess. They're duking it out. But then a giant boulder lands between them. Before that boulder, though, they are, I, I want to say, they're fighting in, like, great lighting. And it's mm. a pretty, it's a, a fairly brutal fight. It had some, like, Cyclonus Ultra Magnus energy, G1 energy to it. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just fisticuffs. They're just slugging this out. Uh, but yeah, giant boulder almost hits them. And it's some kind of construction vehicle. It looks like a... Oh, hey, Herman. No more Frenchy Greg? Greg, you won. Not anymore, my fault. I'm back, and I'm here today with an offer you can't pass up. But first, notice anything different? Um, 
New suit? Nope. New shoes? Yes, but they're stolen, so it doesn't count. New hat? Ah, think outside the box, Beatnik. New outlook on life? <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, you want to try Ding Dong? Uh, Greg Dumont. We did that. Try to guess what's new with Herman. New shoes? Ugh, fine. I'll tell you. I've been completely rebuilt in a new body, but with the same consciousness. I don't see it. You're still the same annoying, pushy, drug-addicted salesman who constantly interrupts us. That's with... right. It's a one-of-a-kind, genuine smokescreen toy that your little tights will... Yeah, I guess it's smokescreen again. Yeah, but the vehicle I thought looks like a combination of the G.I. Joe snowcat and the pickup machine from Dr. Seuss's Cat in the Hat. Yeah, he's like a weird, overly complicated backo with like uh, this big cartoon he, hand kind of a thing on him. Yeah, it he looks basically what Red Alert should have said is I saved him and made him look dumber. <laughs> But uh, I guess they don't realize who it is yet because Hotshot runs to attack him, but then he transforms and it's obviously Smokescreen's head on a new body. And he stops Starscream's sword in mid-swing and then throws Hotshot on top of him. And like Hotshot's like, look, man, I'm just trying to avenge my friend with this guy here so you can, you know, get in line. I'll deal with you later. And then Smokescreen's like, oh, yeah, what friend would that be? Yeah. And when Hotshot says it's Smokescreen or he's like, oh, hey, oh, I didn't recognize a Smokescreen. Smokescreen literally says, oh, hey, Hotshot. Now, I'll give it to Hotshot. Maybe he didn't recognize Smokescreen until he heard his voice. And at least he did recognize him when he heard his voice. But Smokescreen, what the hell? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, he even tells them, like, sorry for beating the shit out of you guys, but I had to test out this new armor somehow. And apparently Optimus filled him in about Starscream and he had no more questions. So welcome to the team. Oh, and, and not only that, but Optimus has decided to watch all of this from a cliff of Beside them, watch my like. Why would you just fuck around with your your own Decepticon or Autobots? And oh my God, Optimus! Anyway, we go back to Optimus HQ and Sideswipe has uh, punched all of uh, Starscream's data into the computator. Yep, they're all set to warp out to the Decepticon base and to be continued. Wait, Paul, do you know where that base is? Uh, well, it's, it's on the moon. <laughs> Hotshot can't believe this shit. He points out that Smokescreen is in the shape he's in because it creeps like Starscream, and he won't hear tell of protecting him. He thinks a leopard can't change his spots, even though Scavenger is standing right there, and Sideways was just a shit disturber who was never on anybody's side but his own. But first of all, Hotshot, Starscream and Smokescreen are both in the predicaments they're in because of Megatron and Thrust. Remember the last episode when Starscream was the only Decepticon you found in the jungle? Well, other than Tidal Wave who landed but didn't, didn't do shit. And then when Starscream flew up and yelled for help and nobody came, you laughed at him because his buddies abandoned him to go attack your base while you were out. Guess who wasn't in that attack? Starscream. He was too busy screaming that the Decepticons abandoned him in the middle of the friggin' woods. He's the Decepticon with the least amount of blame for what happened to Smokescreen. And what do you think happened when he got home? Between then and being chased all the way from the moon by Tidal Wave. Connect the dots, man. He must have had a reason if he flew all the way here and then gave Optimus the Star Saber to drive Tidal Wave off, which is another thing. Why did Optimus use the Star Saber? That's making Minicons fight, isn't it? Aren't we on the Minicons don't want to fight even in self-defense of themselves or others? Kick lately? Shh.
Shame on you. Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Dip Pickers Podcast Show. This episode was regeneration. Paul, what did you think of this new birth? I really liked this episode. Me too. Really, really liked it. Oh, yeah. This is... I think probably in the running for my favorite of the second half of the thing, if not the whole thing so far. Yeah, I can agree with a lot of that. It was the last episode when I was like, oh, hey, Smokescreen's going to be fine and Starscream will come back. Smokescreen is fine. They got a new toy. But Starscream has legitimately grown or has the potential for growth. Well, yeah, especially when you see him. Like, with these minicons that form the Star Saber, like, he genuinely seems to, I don't know if care about them is, is the right word, or whether or not they're just that useful to him. He's like, you guys get in here and get repaired, too, right? Yeah, yeah. He he definitely has, like, a dog owner kind of relationship with them. You know, hey, cute little buddies. Yeah. Um, I, I really hope that this, the next, what do we got, like, 25-some, something like that, maybe 20 episodes... No, we got about 30. I don't know. We got a bunch <laughs> of episodes, and I really hope that this is just the beginning of Starscream's, um, his arc, his storyline. Yeah, and I really hope they don't go... To, uh, I know how we said this is a little bit kind of like Coda here, what the first where he's just kicking the shit out of everybody. Hope they don't end it the same way. You know what? If they do it right, I'm okay with it. As long... Like uh, like we said with Coda Hero, I, you know, it sucks that it happened, but... It was done well. So if if Starscream, if they can get him to a point where he sacrifices himself for some grand thing, I'd be I'd be fine with it. Yeah, I'd be fine with it. Although that would be like the uh, counting Dinobot, be like the third Starscream we've seen die after animated. So um, <laughs> there's him and Cliffjumper just can't catch a break. Nope. <laughs> uh, the next episode Paul and I are going to review is Rescue. If you want to see something that can't be saved, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at PMacPherson1. <laughs> yeah, make sure you rate and review us in your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. Until the next episode, keep on transforming! See you later. Oh, shit, he's still alive. I mean, welcome home, Starscream.